you know, they're going to stab their friends and whatever. You know, it's fine. All right. How do we start this one? What is the textbook definition of jump scare? So I have the Wikipedia page up because I, it's like the most trusted. I, I've heard many times it's like the most trusted website. Um, yeah, so Wikipedia research. is, it's kind of like um, all the information on there, you know, comes directly from the experts. Yes. Um, and it's one of the most reliable sources, at least it's that like, I can think of. It's like bulletproof in terms of like who can and can't. Yeah. Put ex- stuff on there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the, oh God, it's even a .org website. One, which is weird. Are you, um, are you recording this? Cause yeah, thank God we're already, we're already <laughs> in it. So I'm not going to, we're not going to start over. <laughs> we don't, we don't start over on this channel. Any, so we don't believe in second chances around here, <laughs> but I was, I was sitting away from my mic. Could you still hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. Okay. So, um, a, a jump scare, according to Wikipedia, is a technique often used in horror films, haunted attractions, video games, etc., intended to scare the audience by surprising them with an abrupt change in image or event, usually co-occurring with a frightening sound, that's important, mostly loud screaming. Common in films since the 1980s, the jump scare has been described as one of the most basic building blocks of horror movies. We'll leave it there for now. I'll, I'll read some more stuff later. Okay. There are a couple of things I want to... Uh, let's touch on... So the title of this video is going to be Jump Scares Aren't Really Scary. Okay. I, and, think, I think we're done then. <laughs> and that's, the, that's it. Uh, Two-minute show. If you like what you heard... T- <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we kind of we kind of agreed on this topic because I think we both kind of have a similar agreement on jump scares yeah, and why, despite the fact that we're both kind of new to the horror genre, we find them absurd for the most part. Well, I think, I think that that's some, it's something that I kind of realized quickly in my horror watching career. Yeah. If you will, I, Mm -hmm. I kind of caught on, um, that, Jump scares did not make a scary horror movie. Um, it was something that I feel like um, from the beginning, and I'm glad I kind of caught on to it, but from the beginning I shied away from the movies that were mainly jump scares. And I think part of that was because my younger, less mature self actually just didn't want to feel scared in that way. Right. Because that that is not necessarily what makes me enjoy watching a scary movie right and so i shied away from that because i just didn't want to have to experience that but also Mm -hmm. uh, the more i analyzed it the more i realized that that's really not that shouldn't be the point right there was nothing enjoyable about when i when i initially started watching i never i was never enjoying myself when i watched a movie that was kind of heavily laden laden that had a lot of jump scares in it because I, it just, it it felt cheap almost like it felt like it was just eliciting this kind of quick reaction. And then I was just like, well, that was dumb. Nothing happened. It's, it's almost disrespectful. I found my, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I found myself saying that a lot. I found myself after a jump scare going, well, what the hell? Why was that? 
what was that there for? What did that do? Mm-hmm. And what I started realizing was there, there's kind of two avenues of jump scares. And jump scares actually can be very effective in, sure. a, in a lot of ways. But uh, when I, I think the movie that kind of um, that kind of cued me into why I was so negative towards jump scares was the first Ouija movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and believe it or not, that movie actually has a couple of effective jump scares. Uh, the first jump scare actually is wonderful. It's well, it's wonderful in that it's it's actually pretty pretty downright just disturbing and and, and frightening. Mm-hmm. And it's it's when I I believe uh, I think this is I think this is from Ouija. The one of the one of the girls, one of the sisters of the main characters, is like in a house, and she walks up the stairs, and then all of a sudden you just see her legs come onto screen, and she hung, she's hung herself, right? Yeah. And it's just this sharp snap of the rope in the neck you know her neck snaps and but there's no like there's no weird external sounds it's just this sudden the sudden death that just kind of jolts you in your seat Mm -hmm. but that to me was that that to me is effective because one there's no external there's no you know um there's no score or bit of sound from from you know the the orchestra or anything like that that kind of cues you into the fact that it's a jump scare it's a jump scare because it, you know, it's sudden and it and it's it's brief, but it that worked for me. That one in in particular worked for me because it it actually had an effect. It, well, and it, it kind and of it cued you into kind of the evil presence and what it could, how it could influence the characters that you're going to see. In order for that to be effective, <clears throat> it has to be a tool rather than the end itself, like that. The jump scare cannot be what what is relied upon to scare you. It has right. to be kind of um, it has to be an avenue for how we get the, to that right. point. The the quote unquote jump itself, exactly. Yeah, the jump itself can't be what elicits that fear. It has right. to be the it has to be the actual effect of what's happening as a result of the jump, or yes. what's what's happening within the within that moment. Or as a result of that moment, right? Yes, and that's why something like a jump scare like that is so effective because you just realize there's it just it puts weight in immediately puts weight into the story mm-hmm. in what you're experiencing. Um, and then of course that that movie kind of kind of takes a downturn from there. And there's a like one of the worst jump scares I can I can think of, and it happens a lot in the first Ouija movie actually. Um, is like people will be in a dark house and someone that's not in the room with them will like turn the light on and it'll make the character jump and it'll be like a mm-hmm. and the light will come on. It'll be like, what's going on? It's like, okay, that, that's a, that is a, that's like a textbook jump scare right there. It elicits an initial shock. You're initially shocked by the, the light turning on the new person in the room. You know, there's eerie sounds going on, but then it, it the result is, a, a a non-threat was in the room with them and turned a light on. I think that's the key. I think the key is the non-threat. There has to be mm-hmm. consequences in order for a jump scare to matter. Now, right. because you can you can truly get scared by a jump scare on screen, mm-hmm. but you can also get scared by, you know, a friend popping out from behind a doorway. <clears throat> and then right. you realize that there is no threat, there is no consequence. Um, to the actions that just took place. Um, right. And automatically that discounts um, 
what you're going to see going forward. And, right. and the more you experience that and the, the more, um, the more time you spend, um, watching those horror movies that are full of jump scares, mm-hmm. you start to come to expect it. Right. And they stop affecting you as much. Right. To a point where if that's all that is being relied upon, mm-hmm. it does not create actual feelings of fear. Right. Um, it, but it's like you said, um, you get to a point once you kind of understand what is what is being done with the jump scares, you get to a point mm-hmm. where the jump itself does not scare you and you have to have some sort of effect from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have, um, you have to have an, an event that takes place that in and of itself will not cause the fear, but maybe, um, the effect of that scene, right. um, the effect, uh, whatever that, that permanent consequence mm-hmm. is, yeah. um, in the context of the film, mm-hmm. that is what it's going to, to truly cause you to be afraid while you watch right. the movie. Right. The, one of my, one of my favorite YouTube reviewers, um, uh, Jeremy Johns in yeah. a couple of, in a couple of his reviews, he's talked about kind of that idea of, you know, you c- it's so easy to see a jump scare coming. He'll, t- he'll be, he'll be kind of talking about a scene and he'll be like, okay, a jump scare is coming in three, two, one. And then something happens mm-hmm. And a lot of time. It, it's jump scares without effect. One of the conversely from Ouija, one of the most effective films with jump scares is Ouija origin of evil. Mm-hmm. That movie and a lot of Flanagan movies, and I think a lot of um, I think a lot of James Wan horror films do this, where they kind of they they take the jump scare and kind of turn it on its head, in that they show you the anticipation leading up to the jump scare, like in in Ouija Origin of Evil, a scene kind of I, I think it's in the third act, whenever um, one of the guys that the older daughter older daughter is talking to is like in the house, the younger daughter's already been possessed. There's a scene where he's like reaching through a wall and like trying to pull stuff out of it. And in the background, you see the youngest daughter, her eyes are white and her like neck is like snapping and twisting and convulsing. Mm-hmm. He can't tell that's happening. So th- that moment it, it in and of it, in in its own way is a jump scare because it's it's sudden and it's quick and it and it, it's gone as soon as it's there. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's so effective because there is there is so much happening underneath that that when you see it happen you go oh shit like that something like it it, it cues you into something one something bad is about to happen to this guy because this girl's you know having a having a freaking demonic episode behind him but it also it kind of it kind of lets you know that when the jump happens when something when she does something to him that sudden that sudden moment is gonna have an. It's gonna be effective because we already know that she's there in some manipulative way, trying to do something evil, right? right. So th- there's there's a lot of good movies now, or there's a lot of directors now who who actually are starting to kind of effectively use the jump scare in, in a way that they use it to kind of preclude a a like bigger moment. Well, and you in should a have, non-jump scare moment in the film. You should have that anticipation because you know that whatever is about to happen is going to carry a lot of weight. Your right. anticipation should not come from, oh, I wonder what's about to pop out of that window. Or I wonder, right. 
I wonder what's going to be standing behind that character once the camera pans around. Mm-hmm. That should not be where your anticipation comes from. And that's not what should be building that anxiety in you. Mm-hmm. Um, because it loses its effectiveness when you start to know it's coming. But if you know it's coming and you also have been getting these clues mm-hmm. um, that it's actually going to to be an important factor um, and, and whatever's about to happen is going to drastically change the course of the story. Right. That's when it really matters. And that's when building that anticipation mm-hmm. becomes a good thing. I don't right. want to, I don't want to be sitting here. And like you said, with Jeremy Johns, I don't want to be sitting here and saying, well, something's about to pop out and it does. Right. I don't even flinch and it does nothing for me. Right. Um, kind right. of the, the, the one that I can think about, and this is really just kind of a classic horror movie <clears throat> trope, mm-hmm. which usually carries no weight. And you see this even in, in some action films and, and thrillers. The jump scare, yeah. unfortunately, has been kind of widely used kinda bleeds into across other genres, genres mm-hmm. and typically in those it's even worse, I would argue, than in horror movies. Yeah, but, usually. But usually. the the... Like you've seen it a thousand times walking into some dark basement or whatever and like mm-hmm. a dead body or a skeleton like falls from the ceiling or is like you turn and there's a skeleton in the cobwebs. Whatever it is, the skeleton happens to have absolutely no effect on the story whatsoever. It's not actually important. It's just there to freak you out. Right. And and that kind of thing, when you when you see that coming – you automatically are are kind of losing faith in the story as a whole, and, and you lose you lose focus too. It, it, right, it, it detracts from what the focus should be. The focus yeah. shouldn't be on eliciting like these quick, cheap kind of frights. And that's one thing that's so that's so interesting to me about effective and ineffective jump scares is they elicit the same response in your brain. Yeah, right. Just a a quick shock. And the, where they where they kind of differ is that effective jump scares have in a sort of, um, uh, what's the word? I'm not like a continued effect. They they it, it's something that while the shock is initial, the um the overarching fear that a an effective jump scare kind of puts into your mind is something that's long lasting, right? It's yes. not something that just happens and then it's done and then we're in another so, scene and I, and moving and on think, with the story. I think that's one of the keys is the initial response, like you said. It's a, it's a fairly quick emotional ride that you go on when mm-hmm. it comes to a jump scare. Right. But the effective ones leave you feeling uneasy, leave you feeling incomplete based off of what you just saw. Right. Leave you anticipating what's coming next, not anticipating the next jump scare, mm-hmm. anticipating where we are going from here and what could what else could possibly be coming. Right. Um, and that's going to <laughs> cause me mm-hmm. to think about whatever the story is. Right. The the I think the the big key with and I've said it already in a number of times is the big key with jump scares is anticipation. But it's about how and how they build it and mm-hmm. what it is you are anticipating. Right. What you're anticipating. Yeah. And, and how, you know, there are so many different ways where you can, you can flip that anticipation on its head. You can, you can, you can either, you can completely get rid of the anticipation. And I think one of the, one of the, one of the mo- more recent examples of that is um, like in, in um, Haunting of Hill House. There are so many instances where 
a character will look into another room and there will be a, a, a ghost or there will be a, something there that shouldn't be there. And they turn away and look back and it's still there. So what that's done is you get, you get the initial shock of the jump of, oh man, something's in there. But they don't turn a light on. They don't, you know, they don't like look away and it's gone. They look away. They do something else. The, the presence is still there. So you're... Well, and, and because of that, <clears throat> the threat is still there. Right. And so in that moment, you're, you're completely disregarding the anticipation of the jump. Yes. Because it's all, it, 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 you, you're, you're cutting straight to the point. And then, yeah, you're, you're giving the viewer that continued kind of um, the continued kind of presence of the threat, like you said. Yes. It's it's something that they recognize it's there. They turn away to try and make it go away, but it doesn't go away. Turning the lights on doesn't make it go away. I, and I that, think that to me the... is so effective because that's that's truly what is scary is when something doesn't go away by turning the lights on. If you turn the lights back off or even on. It's probably still there. I think of the. Um, have you seen Insidious? Yes, but it's the, been a minute. So the red faced demon in Insidious, the the reveal is where they're like it's standing right behind you or something like that. Do, he look. He looks like Darth Maul. Darth Maul looking ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Insidious, I'll see if I can find a picture for you. But the the Darth Maul looking ass. <laughs> Son of a bitch. The uh, anyway. <laughs> You Darth Maul, look, imagine if you just turned around and looked at that demon like, you Darth Maul looking ass. He's like, shit, you're right. I'll be gone now. <laughs> you got me. If you look like Darth Maul, you can sick, heck right off. Sick burn. Sick I'm burn. gone. I'm gone. I'm going no. straight back to hell. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> did, you um, find, did you find a picture of it? Yeah. Here. Yeah, show me this. You, and I know, I know you have seen this before. I know you've I th- seen this. I think I know of the scene you're talking you'll, about. You'll recognize the still, even. Yeah. Oh, man. This is going to give me nightmares. Oh, yeah, dude. You've seen that, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, I hate that so much. But, okay, why why this is so effective mm-hmm. is because a jump scare should be... A jump scare should be the start of... Yes. Whatever it is, it should be the introduction to whatever it is you should be fearing. Mm-hmm. It yeah. should not be the end. No, it should not be the the jump scare. Should not be the beginning and the end. That's even worse. That's probably the worst example of a jump scare. Yeah, is, exactly. Is that it's it is it, it, in its in its whole a a complete a complete like piece like a set piece to a story. The beginning and end is the jump scare. And then you're on to another scene or another moment or yeah. a different location. That that and it's yeah, exactly. That's one of the worst examples of an ineffective jump scare is one that begins and ends in a moment and then it, it's just it's just gone. Yeah. And so and and so I don't just to kind of give a little more context <clears throat> to and I don't truthfully, I don't know Insidious that well. Mm-hmm. But with this kind of this reveal, um, the the grandmother um, is is talking about how she saw this something this scary figure in a dream mm-hmm. and as she's talking about it we see the reveal of this red-faced demon popping out behind and and that's the reveal that's showing you the threat is real that is kind of setting up this new 
this new threat that that we're gonna face, that the character's gonna face, mm-hmm. and and really that is that's the key to me. Right. It ha- it has to it has to serve a purpose, and if right. the purpose is is truly to introduce us to whatever it is that's gonna prey on us to for the something rest of the truly movie, sinister, exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think um, there's also a way. Um, you can you can use kind of smaller, seemingly ineffective jump scares to build to an even bigger one. That's what's so effective to me about what what one of the things that was so effective to me about Ouija Origin of Evil is you get so many scenes once they buy the board of the youngest um, daughter looking through the 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 thing. I I don't know what it's called. I've never I've never met played with a Ouija board. But you know the thing you actually drag around and then you look through the glass and you're supposed to see the spirit or whatever. There are a lot of moments in that movie that where you see people kind of looking through and there's nothing there until a moment where there is something there, but it's so quick and fleeting that it seems so ineffective. But then you get to the actual you get to the actual moment of possession where she's looking through and she sees an actual this this sinister figure behind her that actually grabs her and freaking like shoves its arm down her throat and then that's when the possession happens so there are these there are these ways that may seem ineffective where you can use jump scares that again they're always building to something actually sinister and they can be small that leads and, and lead up to something but they always have to have some sort of larger overarching purpose to go towards mm-hmm. and that's why we say for the most part jump scares aren't scary because the most ineffective ones are always the most noticeable ones because they're loud they're obvious and more often than not they're obnoxious the the way music is used in jump scares in ineffective jump scares is so just just blatantly disrespectful and it's one of those things that kind of gives you the cute it, it kind of um it kind of gives you that feeling of oh I I know when this is coming, because it's always in a quieter moment. It 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 kind of gives you that feeling of of um, predictability, right? Yeah. The, the so kind of lack that, of music, and then all of a sudden this jarring moment of just so, extreme sound. So everything that you kind of just said made me think of a point that we we actually haven't talked about this, <clears throat> but I think part of the problem with jump scares. Mm-hmm then becomes the the filmmakers who take advantage of that anticipation that we have for the jump scares. They know that we have learned when a jump scare is coming. They know mm-hmm. that we have are kind of beyond the point of really truly being afraid of those jump scares. So that's mm-hmm. when we start to get things like the music swelling up as a as a character turns a corner and there's nothing there. Right. And right. and there's there's films, just as many films that are filled with jump scares, there are equally um, there are equally as much that are are filled with jump scare fakeouts that set right. the scene for a jump scare just because they know we're expecting it mm-hmm. and then there's nothing. They try to build the tension and then there's no release. Um, right. And so. Th- Jump scares have created a bigger problem than just kind of those cheap scares. Mm-hmm. They've they've created a problem where now we have films that are are kind of taking advantage of that in multiple ways. Right. We'll get a jump scare or we'll we'll get a fake out where 
you know, the camera pans around and you're expecting something behind the character and there's nothing there, but then the character turns around and then they get scared. And then it's there, right. And we start getting those and that's, that's in my opinion, just as unacceptable a way to try to scare us. Well, and the reason why it's so, it's so obvious is because everyone does it in the same way. Like that, that, that kind of that scene you just described where the camera does a full circle pan mm-hmm. there's nothing there and then we cut to them turning around and then it's there and then you cut to the actual object yes. that is such a a well-worn and and often used example of it, of a jump scare that when when you see that scene start to happen you go oh okay something it's about to happen this is about to happen right now there are some movies that really that very effectively build up tension before a jump scare. And what comes to mind, which is a movie we'll talk about eventually, is It. Yeah. It Chapter 1 does such a good job of using jump scares, but it it first builds the tension in a very effective way. Like, uh, the scene for me that comes to mind is the scene in the library when I believe it's yep. Mike Hanlon is reading through books, trying to figure things out, and there are a few things happening. One the is there's the librarian the behind back, him in standing the back. there with a giant with like grin the, on her yeah, face. Mm-hmm. F- creepy as hell. Mm-hmm. And then obviously he's reading a story, and as he flips through the pages, he gets closer and closer on these images of a boy with a severed head in a tree. Yeah. And then we see a bal- we see the balloon float. He follows the balloon, and then he I believe he follows the eggs. The eggs. And because then, it jumps out and calls him Egg Boy. Right. Hey, yeah. hey Egg Boy. And then, so yes. all of the, all of those moments kind of come together. They're, and a lot of them are so quiet and, and almost un, like hard to notice if you're not really mm-hmm. paying attention. But they build this tension to then the point where he gets down kind of in the lower levels. And all of a sudden the clown's chasing him. And, and that's the jump scare. But for the first, the three minutes before that, you were getting all these little tiny little notes that were cueing you into the fact that something is about to happen to him right and it could very well kill him right and 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 it's so that's so that's such an effective way to get to a jump scare by building real tangible tension yes and it uses jump scares so brilliantly because Mm -hmm. it's almost always um it's always almost always it making some show of power making playing his game with these kids right. and and with the the people of this town where he, you can see he's getting enjoyment out of it but yes. it makes it um the monster itself mm-hmm. um it makes it so much more scary um because we're starting to see what he's truly capable of and mm-hmm. in each of these instances where there is a jump scare and and most of the the characters in the movie at some point there's some sort of jump scare right. involving it. Right. But it's it's always to build up the monster itself right. yeah. as this kind of otherworldly, um, mm-hmm. you know, powerful being Super that we mon- don't really we know now that they're capable of, mm-hmm. of doing really anything they want to haunt right. us. And that's where the scares come from. It shows the power of manipulation, which is one of the one of the biggest fears I think humans probably have is the idea that they're being manipulated to do something or go somewhere. Exactly. Um. Yeah, that's I man. So and so I wanted to also I wanted to touch on the idea we we you kind of talked about just that that cliche that horror movie cliche 
camera shot where the the camera pans around. Right. One of the one of the things that I can think of that makes that effective when it is done right mm-hmm. is when the audience sees a threat that the character does not know is there. And it doesn't have to be lingered on. Mm-hmm. We just need to know that it's there, that it's there. It's and already it, and it, there. It builds anxiety knowing that there is a threat mm-hmm. to us, a threat to the character right. that they are completely unaware of. And later when that jump scare comes for them, mm-hmm. it's, it's effective in kind of giving us that told you so moment, right. but that moment of helplessness when we know it's coming and we know that we cannot stop right. it. Right. Um, one of the, one that I can think of that does that super well, and it's a TV show we've referenced it a ton of times, is mm-hmm. Hill House. Mm-hmm. There are so many shots in Hill House where there's a ghost just somewhere in the shot, or you can see, you know, a face in the railing of the staircase. L- dude, or- literally, literally the opening scene of the show when the 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 youngest daughter's having a be- thinks the bent neck lady is there. Yeah, and then that you know, dad tells her a story and then uh, tells her to go to sleep, and then this we linger on that scene for a moment, and then the the bent lady just kind of slowly crawls out. Yep. That builds so much anticipation to where her character, where that, that, that ghost is going to take of like take hold of her character. Mm-hmm. It's, it's exactly, it's kind of that, it's that told you so moment. And I don't want to get into spoilers because I, I would never want to spoil this show because of how, but there are so, the, the told you so moment with the bent neck lady storyline yeah. is one of the, it is, Oh man, it, it's so wonderfully done mm-hmm. how how they kind of play that narrative out. But you're right. It it it's a moment that kind of sets up the helplessness. Because yeah. one, it, it it proves that people don't believe her, one. And that create I mean, that creates a sense of helplessness, not just in her, but in us. Because we we see that she's right, but everyone around her who would be seen as authority or someone who could help her doesn't well and it preys on our innate um will to help others Mm -hmm. we we want people to believe her because we know she's right Right. we want to protect these characters from whatever it is Mm -hmm. that is haunting them yeah um and and when done properly these scares rob us of that ability Mm -hmm. it makes you sit there and know exactly what's about to happen and know that you're not able to stop it Mm -hmm. makes you sit there and know that this kid is right that there is something to actually be afraid of right and you have to sit there and be just as helpless as they are i think that 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 example kind of speaks to how um why we say bad jump scares are cheap because there are so there's such an there are so many easy fixes yeah. to these jump scares that you could implement like the idea you said where if we're doing that pan around if we as the viewer see something that's a threat that makes the character helpless but they don't that is an that is an effective solution to just going eh, circle around nothing there okay turn around oh there it is yes because or in, in or that another... in that moment, we don't know it's that we we're just we're meant to assume it's not there at all, and then yeah. we're 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 hit with the the loud music and the monster, and the shock is there, and then it goes away. Whereas yeah. if we see it, if we get just that little bit of, oh man, she's in trouble, that actually creates a, a true sense of fear in in your brain when you're when you're watching things right. unfold in that moment. Right. Yeah. It has to build to some degree. It has to build that anxiety. 
within us because if we are just right. if we're just waiting to to kind of see what happens next we don't get that same feeling right but if we know if we know that that if we as as viewers are fully aware of whatever it is that is out there mm-hmm. whatever the whatever the the ghost is whatever the monster is mm-hmm. uh, regardless of the case it builds anxiety in us because we're we're afraid of this of of the threat and it's giving us that fight or flight right right that maybe the characters have yet to experience but we know that they're going to yeah um the other the other example i can think of 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 kind of that cheap jump scare and it kind of plays off to what i've already said is a character having like a nightmare and then they mm. wake up but then yeah. there's actually a ghost behind them or, or something like that. Right. Um, and, and so often, dude, I just, I almost feel cheated when I, when those kinds of things happen, I think it can be effective having in a horror movie, yeah. a character have a nightmare and right. it turns out to be fake. There's no threat, but we right. of course know what we're watching and we know right. that eventually there will be. Right. But, and we're going to talk about the descent, but they use that just briefly in one scene very effectively. Yes, they do. Um, yes, they do. But so it just feels like so often when, when I'm expecting more is the times that I, I feel the most disappointed because right. those, those jump scares are, are oftentimes they're not enough to really, they're just not enjoyable. They don't, right. they don't add to the movie. They don't do anything to rope you in. Right. They, they, if anything, they just create a di- more of a disconnect than what you might already be experiencing by poor writing and characterization. Yeah. On and on and on. Um, I think that's it, man. We went, I, we went a little longer than I think we wanted to. Yeah, a little bit. Here's the thing: when you got something you're passionate about and uh, there's something you don't like, it's it's easy to kind of ramble on. Well, and here's the but thing. I think we found a good stopping point. Um, jump scares aren't scary. No. They are not. You want to take them out? Yeah, dude, I'd love to. Those guys? Nice. Thank you. All right, guys. So um, if, you, if, you, if you liked our discussion oh, today, if you like horror movies, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Give us a, a, a subscribe on all of our channels on YouTube. Um, also check out the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. It'll be there. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to see your reviews. Also, keep an eye out. Next week, we're going to be starting our our real deep dive into horror movies. Um, We'll be revealing both of our top fives, um, kind of breaking them down side by side leading up to Halloween. We have five episodes coming out next week, so keep an eye out for that. Um, As always, thanks for the support, um, and catch us real soon. We'll be back. Nine with our hey, biggest week yet. Nine different movies we're going to be talking about over yeah. a, over a five day period. So they're kind of more, they're more just kind of standard recaps and reviews, less like our. We won't talk for form. this long, right? It'll be much much shorter than this. But I I hope you guys enjoy, and I look forward to talking talking about them. Should be fun. It's spooky season. Oh yeah, baby. It's always spooky season. Yeah. I need to go um, when it's cold. I need to go look at Wikipedia, find some more rock solid sources for these. Rock solid. My gosh. Wikipedia.com. Who invented Wikipedia? Probably that one guy, the WikiLeaks guy. 
I don't think. No, he didn't. That's the wrong. That's incorrect. That's how rumors start. Uh, yes, it is. 